You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato, with Red Knight Properties. And uh, this is episode 71 with George Foley. Uh, and um, George is a devoted, devoted uh, he's many things. He's a full-time father. He's a husband, a uh, family man. Um, he's got 15-plus uh, years of real estate, property management, and investing experience. Um, he's the author of the is the part time. He's, he's going to show show us a copy of it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the property management for the part time landlord, which I, I encourage everybody to to read. Uh, he's also a lifelong uh, martial artist uh, with multiple black do- belts in Taekwondo, um, and he's a, a fitness instructor as well. So he's got a lot of things going on. He's got a, his MBA in business, and uh, he's just a really good person. Uh, in general. And today we're going to be talking about uh, his book um, and some of the practices um, that a lot of the landlords are facing today. We're recording this in, at the end of October of 2020 and COVID's still going on. So some of the eviction laws that are currently in place and kind of how to, to uh, work it out um, and, and different strategies and, and practices we can kind of use to implement um, with that you know, still in effect. So George, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Sure. So hopefully my bio did justice. If not, let's, let's hear about you from the sole source. Oh no, I greatly, uh, it was okay. It's a lot, to, it's a lot to digest. You know, a lot of people, when they read my bio, they go, this guy's all over the place, but there's actually a system to it. You know, um, I started working out when I was 14 and I was a natural bodybuilder. I still am. I'm 46 years old. Um, and I started uh, personal training in my early 20s. From there, I started my personal training in-home company that I started uh, early 2000s, so to speak. And that propelled me to buy my first property. So I made enough money from that business to buy my first house that I moved my family into. And that's really what got me into real estate because I always knew that I was going to go to real estate. Along with that, along with working out, I've also been training in martial arts since I was 10 years old. So I've kept that together. That's where the multiple black belts come in. And by the way, when you're in real estate and property management, you do need some stress relief in some form or fashion, you know, to get you through those hard times. So it's it's that work ethic and that discipline that has stayed with me my whole life um, through everything that I've done and many businesses that I've started. Some didn't work. Some did. And the many businesses that I'm doing right now, you know, my passion is real estate, but I also enjoy teaching martial arts to kids as well, too. One of my first schools that I had was uh, for at-risk youth at the YMCA in East Orange. I'm here in New Jersey. So um, I was very, very uh, fulfilled in doing that and helping those kids in those situations. And I'm still instructing, you know, I'm doing it virtually now, but I am, but I'm also buying and selling. I'm also fixing and flipping. I'm also managing properties. So that's the background to the bio. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So tell us about your book. My book, Property Based on Property Management, The Basics for the Part-Time Landlord is my journey. Um, 
when I started, you know, Quora wasn't a thing. You know, Reddit wasn't a thing where you can go and ask questions. I literally had to go figure this out for myself. And how did I get there? I had a tenant that was laid on rent about three months. And then he, we worked it out where he would be making payments. And then I knocked on his door and asked him for a payment. And he told me that took the money and bought Christmas gift for his kids. So when I asked him, you know, well, what about my kids? He just gently told me sorry and closed the door on me. So that was my point to go and find out about uh, what do you do? Because what a lot of landlords, and I was one of those landlords, was I didn't know about uh, capital expenses and other things that you would need. Like, for instance, you know, you need to set aside a certain percentages of monies for this, that, and the third when you're managing properties. Everything for me was month to month. And so when he was three months late, I was literally paying the difference out of my pocket to keep that mortgage payment going. You know, so when I was short, I was short. And on top of that, he broke the agreement that we had put in place. I trusted him to do what he said he was going to do. And he told me he was going to do it like many tenants do. And he just didn't do it. So I was in, I literally drove from my house, that property right to the courthouse and started uh, asking all the questions and, that I needed to start this eviction process. And that's where a lot of part-time landlords, and when I say part-time, these are people that aren't doing this full-time, 40 hours a week. You may be managing seven doors, 10 doors, 25 doors, but it's not enough work to keep you going full-time, 40 hours a week to, to keep your investments going. And there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I have almost half of my family members have a house that they're renting or, you know what I mean, a duplex that they bought just for an investment. So there's a lot of people out there stuck in those situations. And I spend time answering questions, either text messages, you know, a couple times a day. What do I do with this? This is happening, that. So it's my 15-year journey as to what I learned in real estate, how I got started, um, everything from Either you have a house and you need help or you're looking to buy a house. The book will tell you everything that I went through and that I learned. And uh, the purpose of the book really is the information and the knowledge. Every state is different. But if you're educated enough to ask your, um, to get the questions, then you can go get the answers that you need specifically for your state. You see what I mean? Because you can't get an answer to a question that you don't know to ask, you know? And so it's relevant now. It's going to be relevant later. It's going to be relevant in the future. Anybody looking to get in real estate, it's still the basic process, at least my process that you went through. And you may have some more questions, but this will just be the starting point for you. Sure. So if we're, we're talking about um, evictions right now, um, can you kind of walk us through that process once you realize, oh, man, I, there's a whole system I got to, you know, make sure that I implement and I got to follow all the rules. Can you kind of walk us through a sample? Let's just say it's for not paying the rent, like that, you know, example you gave with, uh, you know, the Christmas gifts, which is pretty sad, <laughs> at least for you. Um, so, but you learned your lesson, right? So uh, yes, how did you pick that back up again? How did you get that going? Well, um, let's start. The reason why you get stuck with um, tenants staying in your property a lot longer than they should. And a lot longer to be 60 days, 90 days, 120 days is because you miss certain steps. And the first step in the process is filing that notice of uh, payment or you're going to be an evicted. And it's basically called a notice to quit, okay, for non-payment. 
that's basically what you're what you're filing. Now, the, there's a two-step process with that. One, you can serve the document yourself, but I don't. I usually have a family member serve it for me because that way I take myself out of the equation. And if it's a bad situation where they know the eviction is coming, you don't want any confrontations at the door or anything like that. So it's very simple. What I have my family member do is I draft the letter, I sign it. Everybody has it. Every state has it. I think New Jersey, it's five days. New York is a three-day notice to quit. But they tape it on the door, take a picture. Now, why do I take a picture? I take a picture for the internet date, stamp, and time. So that is the process server. So it's been served. That's my proof that it's been served at that particular time and that date for the court. That's what starts the process. Now, even though that was a long-winded explanation, it's very easy to do. A lot of people get stuck or they get scared and they'll hire a lawyer. And the lawyer does basically the same thing except he mails it, okay? And for a lot of people who are stuck in the situation where they're cash strapped, the difference for me is because you know how to do this and because um, it's very simple to do, it really only costs about 35 sometimes maybe $50, depending on the state. But you're going to hire a lawyer sometimes at $250, $350 an hour to do the exact same thing for $35. You know? So that's the first process. Now, once you have that in place and once they either they have the right to remedy it, which pays the rent, or if they choose not to pay the rent, after your three days, then you can start the eviction process. And the eviction process is you filing the notice with the court to evict based on the fact of non-rent. And then that's the whole process in itself because it's different. If you're in a town, they have different, even, okay, back up. I'm sorry, I'm moving too fast. No, you're good. <laughs> okay. um, every state has their state laws for eviction. It's a document that you can download from the state website. But every town, city, and sometimes even district has their own processes to the state. You see what I mean? So in, in, my, in my town where um, I have my properties, they order you, the landlord or the, or the lawyer that you hire, to do the serving of the documents. But in the city where I have my other properties, the court does the serving and of the documents itself. You see what I mean? And so they charge a little bit more, but they make sure that um, the documents get served properly and they're ready for the judge when you guys get ready to appear. Because the second piece of that puzzle is, is if the documents are not filed properly or are not served properly, the, the judge, excuse me, technically can't proceed. And that has happened to me. I had to drive six hours to one of my properties to go to court. I was in court and the tenant came and said, oh, I never saw these documents before. And the judge dismissed the case because he wasn't served properly. So I had to go through the entire process all over again. And the mistake that I made was I mailed the document um, with the uh, uh, United States Postal Service, that little green return envelope, I mean, green return card that you have to get. Well, when they know that they're being evicted, and this was my first introduction to professional tenants who kind of know the law, they never went to the post office to pick up the letter because they knew it was from me, you know? So all he had to do was go up to court, which he did, and said, oh, I never got this process. I, ne I mean, I never got this document. I was never served properly, and they dismissed the case, which gave him another 30 days in my property without getting any rent, and I knew they were tearing the property up. 
You see what I mean? So what I do is what my trick is now is I send uh, U.S. certified two-day priority mail because it gives me tracking, right? So now that I have tracking on it, I send it to them. I print out the tracking receipt that it was delivered by the U.S. Postal Office, and that stands as my process server, that the document has been served. So even though it was a, a, I was upset and it was a bad experience for me, it taught me how to get past that little hurdle and how to deal with professional tenants. Excellent. So, so I'm sorry. So back to that, um, once you start that process, it's just simple one, two, three. Make sure you have all your documents, keep everything. I like to use uh, technology. So whenever it gets to the point where I know that we're going to uh, be going to court for whatever issue, um, I stop calling. I use a lot of text messages. I use a lot of pictures. I use a lot of screenshots for evidence to prove my case when I get to court because ultimately the burden of proof is on you. Definitely. And, and so George, have you, so we talked a lot about non-payment cases. Have you ever had to evict someone for different reasons, like property damage or oh, yes. unauthorized occupants? So how is that process different and similar from the non-payment? Um, because that's a good question. Because even though they have a lease with you, non-payment is rushed a little bit because sometimes the courts um, um, are like, look, you as a landlord, you can't go this far without getting money. And technically, those are the tenants, you know, that nobody can live for free. So they rush it a little bit. But when you have damage, you actually have to, in, in, in my uh, state and county where I am, you actually have to give the tenant time to remedy the situation. So you literally can have a clock that is either five days or you can have a clock that's 45 days. Because like, for instance, if or longer, because if you have your contractor come in and they're like, oh, well. I had to go to work or I had to go to the hospital or I had to do this. You have to reschedule. Well, he's busy too. We can't get back to you to next week or two weeks from now. You see what I mean? So they know that they're leaving. You know, once, once, once they get, once you get to that point and if you're, if you've been watching the process, you know that it's moved from a good situation to a bad situation. Ultimately they're going to be leaving anyway. The rub is, you got to get them out before they do uh, excessive damage to your property that you can't recover from. Like you hear stories about a tenant dropping concrete down the toilet because they're mad and angry and so forth and so on. So that's where the rub is. Um, and, you know, you just have to move. I like to always be gentle, always be gentle. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll work on this, that, and the third. You know, but I'm also probing too. Hey, do you mind if I go in and check this, that, and the third or send somebody in just to make sure that it's not this, that, and the third? Nothing ever really spicy or nothing ever really angry because you don't want to tip them off that, hey, this is where you're going and this is what you're doing. You see what I mean? Because once you get through that uh, process and they know that they're actually going to court while they're in there, they can still do a lot of damage to your property, you know, because they haven't remedied the situation. So in my case, a lot of tenants have actually remedied the situation. I mean, there's only really one case where they had writings on the walls and they took a box cutter and cut up my cabinets and a few other things because they were angry, but they weren't paying rent anyway. So they knew that they were going. So. Excellent. And hopefully, hopefully less of those actual evictions have to take place. Cause like you said, you have now practices in place 
where you're not threatening a tenant right away to evict them. You kind of, you start the process on your own and you kind of quietly tell them, Hey, could you stop doing this, please, please, please. And then at the same time, you're, you have your court process moving and they don't know it yet. So that's a, that's a great strategy. Um, yeah, because not to cut you off, um, because if you tip their hand, they're going to make plans. So like I do, I always kill them with kindness. I'm not saying that I'm not mad. I mean, there's times I've gone to work out. There's times that I've had sparring sessions. People go, what's wrong with you? Don't worry about it. I'm dealing with something, right? But I'm dealing with $5,000 worth of damage in this unit that I have to remedy in order to get the property back up to rentable status. You see what I mean? And like I said in another interview, um, when you're a property manager and you have an issue that you're dealing with the tenant, that issue is the most pressing issue that you're dealing with your entire life until it's remedied. Why? Because like me, you know, I don't want to have people living in a situation and living in my property that I wouldn't live in. I wouldn't put my family in. That's just the pride that I have, you know? So when you're telling somebody or somebody's like, Oh, well, this is wrong or that's wrong, or I don't feel safe here, or we have this problem here. Yeah. I want to address that as soon as possible. So you can get back to the comfort of your living because you're renting from me. Now, I realize some landlords don't take that pride in what they're doing. And they're just like, Oh, well, you're just going to deal with it. And I get to you when I get to you. But the reason why I do that is because if this situation goes bad, my track record has always been good. Let's help. Let's do this. What can I do? Sorry about this inconvenience, so forth and so on. It was never, oh, I'll see you when I see you, or you just have to deal with it. You see what I mean? And so they can't never uh, dismerge your, your uh, character or call. I mean, they'll call you a slumlord anyway, because that's just how they feel. Um, a lot of times when they get kicked out of a nice place, but you can't do anything about that. You did everything you were supposed to do. And that's important. So we talked a lot about what you used to do. Now, coronavirus hit in March. There's been federal eviction moratoriums in place until the end of the year. Also statewide eviction moratoriums. In some states, it depends where you are. Um, you know, there's been county specific, municipality specific. So it's a very fluid situation at this point. So What's, what's currently going on in that, you know, in this environment? In that market? And, yeah. I mean, and how are you dealing with it? Um, I've been fortunate that a lot of my tenants have been able to keep their jobs or essential workers to be able to get the rent paid for all my units. So I'm blessed by that. But what I'm hearing from a lot of friends and a lot of associates is, um, you know, their rental occupancy sometimes for their entire portfolios at 50%, you know, they have people living in their place that have been living now. We're in October. So I've been living now for seven months and haven't paid rent. Um, and it's a stressful situation because the planning wasn't, I mean, COVID hit. You have to understand that before COVID, we were all looking and saying, well, how long, how serious, what could, what could not, right? But we all got locked down, at least where I am in New Jersey, within two weeks. So there really was no planning to say, okay, well, let's start to, put funds over here and let's start to do this or let's start to do this. We all didn't know. So um, we've been trying our best and I've been trying my best to work with people to find some private financiers and funding and private money to keep them afloat. If you don't have the funding that you need to float your mortgage to the end of the year, um, because the situation with the major banks and some major lenders is, yeah, that, it's okay and you can also uh, put your 
loans and mortgages on deferment. But the biggest problem with that is it's a lump sum payment at the end of that deferment. Okay. So in some cases, if you put your mortgage on deferment because your tenant is not paying you rent, they're going to say, great, 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 great. But every month that number goes, that number goes. So let's say you get to month 10 and you haven't paid a mortgage payment in 10 months. To bring that loan whole, you got to pay $10,000 to get you back in the black. You see what I mean? So you're stuck in a situation now where you weren't getting the rent to, to keep the mortgage going. You put it in deferment. Now you can't even, you know, have, you don't have $10,000 in reserve to make that loan whole again. So what we're going to see, and, you know, I've been predicting this for a while, we're going to see a lot of people jumping out of their houses, a lot of the properties, because they just can't come with that lump sum payment at the end of that note. And, you know, I saw something last month that late mortgage payments are up by 37%. The last time we saw that was right after the crash of, of the housing market crash in 2008. So something's coming over the horizon. The um, silver lining to that is a lot of people in the private sector are raising money or have money to be able to help you, lenders and things of that nature to get you out of that jam because they know that, first of all, the banks can't do it because of the metrics that the banks put you in for lending. You know what I mean? And then secondly, if you did some type of deferment, even though they said it doesn't affect your credit score, which it doesn't, it affects your credit rating because the bank goes, hey, wait, hold on. This guy's business credit cards or personal credit cards or mortgage has been on deferment since March. So we don't even know if we should give him a loan because he hasn't paid any of his bills since March. <laughs> you see it? Excuse me. See what I mean? So you're stuck in that catch 22. So, I mean, I get um, emails about from lenders, five, six emails a day. We're lending. We have money. We're lending. So that's why I divert a lot of my friends and my clients right now to see if they can get through that refinance process to pull some of that equity, get some capital that they need to ride this process out until we get to that next big hurdle. And you're going to really start to see a lot of foreclosures hit January, February uh, next year, maybe even March. You know. Sure, sure. That's what I'm predicting. Sure. And, and, and is most of that the, the one to four units you're, pre you're predicting at that front to be? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a, a couple of follow-up questions I have, George, is you mentioned something about um, private financing for the tenants. I haven't heard that yet. I've heard, um, if, if I'm, am I correct? Is that what you said? Uh, private financing for the property owners. Oh, for the private owners. I thought you meant for the tenants because that was, that's something I have not heard. I've heard of. However, wait, hold on. You just came to my mind. I didn't mean to cut you off, but most states like New Jersey are also offering uh, rent assistance. I think the governor right now has $100 million set aside that you can try to qualify for, for, for rental assistance. So there is certain things in place you would just have to check with your state. But most of the lending that I see right now is for the property owners and uh, the homeowners, not, not the tenants. Got it. Okay. So that's, that's clarified. And, and so... Your prediction is when we kind of get out of this towards the end of the year, most most likely, is the foreclosures are definitely going to go because of that, you know, go up because of the deferments. Now, is that, in your opinion, going to change the, what do you think is going to happen with the eviction moratoriums? Do you think that'll get extended? What do you, what is, and that will obviously contribute a little bit more towards the default rates. 
um, or do you think, you know, it won't get extended and um, hopefully, hopefully things will, will start to go on the up and up um, just in general? What, what's your well, I'm optimistic because I know that um, the CDC is expecting to have some type of vaccine by the end of this year. Um, and that news will be a great injection for the economy because they'll have a vaccine. Now, that vaccine will be mainly for government workers and essential workers and employees, from what I'm hearing. Um, a public vaccine won't be available to probably the first quarter of next year for the entire public. But as long as there's a vaccine in place, we can all take a breath. And once we can take a breath, we can all decom I mean, decompress and say, okay, this is here. Okay. And what we will see then is, yeah, there is going to be a big bump in um, foreclosures because the stress of this whole COVID thing on, let's say, your portfolio is going to say, okay, you know what? I just got to let that property go. It has some equity in it, and I'll pull that and go do something else. A lot of people are just going to dump simply because they either have the equity or they're going to dump simply because they don't want to lose the equity if, you know, if they can't get that uh, loan to bring that to bring that, that to bring that mortgage note due and to bring it into full circle, you know. So that's what you're going to see. Excellent. Now that's that's great stuff, George. Um, how could people buy your book? How could people find out about you? Where do they go? Oh, thank you. My book is on Amazon. Like I said, my book is Property Manager Basics for the Part-Time Landlord. You can find it on Amazon. The, and also, you can just go to my author website at George Oley Jr. That's B as in boy, O-L-E-Y-J-R.com. Awesome. And we'll have a link to uh, George's book in the description on iTunes and on our social media. Uh, so you can reach out to him. Um, also, if you want to check out, um, you know, uh, me and, and my company, Red Knight Properties, you can reach out through our website, rednightproperties.com, and I can put you in touch with George if you want to learn more about um, his, his property management uh, practices, which are, are pretty interesting. And uh, really want to thank you again, George, for coming on. This is uh, for our listeners, episode 71, and, and hope to see you guys again. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, George.